Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. This is a Locker Room production. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Michael the Hebrew Hammer Brown. Welcome to the Dream Shakes, the Dream Take podcast, the number one podcast for SB Nations, the Dream Shake. We are doing something very, very fun here at the Dream Take. We are having our first ever fan forum. And that basically means that we have published as much as we can today, yesterday, to all of our incredible uh, followers through the Dream Shake and the Dream Take on Twitter. We posted on Facebook. We are inviting all of our fans to come join this show. And let's talk about everything Houston Rockets, okay? And this is a time, in the infamous words of our co-pilot here at the Dream Take, Mr. Jeremy Brenner, the real Rockets season begins now. And it's so funny because if you're not joining us here live, you know, here on Wednesday doing the, the fan forum, make sure you can tweet me at BS score MB to talk about all things Houston Rockets offseason. Because I don't know about you guys, but I'm watching the offseason, or excuse me, I am watching the playoffs just like everybody else. And it's sad. Like, it's upset, upsetting. And it looks like Jake just joined the room, so I'm sure Jake will hop on and will would love to talk about all things Houston Rockets here shortly. But I, I get this, this weird feeling of not watching the Rockets in the playoffs. Like, it's sad. Like, if you're a Rockets fan, this is the first year in, what, eight or nine years that the Rockets have not been a part of the playoffs? And it's like, what, we're just sitting at home and, and doing what? Like, we're just sitting here just watching the games. We're watching James Harden take a 2 nothing lead on the – who they I, I don't even remember who the Nets are playing. Um, they're playing the Boston Celtics, I believe. And they're up 2 to nothing. And it looks like the James Harden-led, uh, you know, Nets are going to move out of the first round. The Boston Celtics with P.J. Tucker are going to move out in the first round. It's just so damn sad. The fact that the Rockets fans are just sitting at home in the offseason because of the year that we had. This was the most depressing season I have ever been a part of as an adult, as a Houston Rockets fan. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that there's, you know, back when the Rockets were tanking for Yao, we had some bad years. But there's a lot to unwrap here on the fan forum. Um to talk about, right? And we want you guys to be as a part of the show as you guys would like to be. So uh, Jake's in the room now. Jake, as always, if you'd like to talk about anything, go ahead and hop in. Uh, But always good to have you be a part of the show. First things first, let's take a look at what the Rockets have um, have on the books for next year. You start at the top with John Wall, who's making $44.3 million next season. Which, if he gets paid $44 million next season, we'll probably pay him around a million dollars a game that he's actually going to play if he's a Rocket. There's a lot of speculation on what the Rockets are going to do with John Wall. If they draft Cade Cunningham, there's a really good chance that John Wall is either going to be bought out or he's going to be traded. As I've talked about on previous shows before, a very likely spot for me to see uh, John Wall end up is in LA. I think, especially if the Clippers, the Clippers are down two nothing to the uh, down to the Dallas Mavericks, 
So if the Clippers flame out and go out in the first round, you can expect major sweeping changes in uh, the Los Angeles Clippers organization. You know that Steve Ballmer, their owner, is not going to take losing in the first round uh, lightly. So you can expect major sweeping changes there. Uh, also, the Los Angeles Lakers, who are in a tough matchup with the uh, Phoenix Suns. That series is tied at one game apiece. Depending on you know how they end up this postseason, I still don't think the Lakers are going to make the Western Conference Finals. I'm adamant about that. So you could see, you know, big changes in L.A. to try and give LeBron and A.D., you know, some more help because everyone knows they they don't have enough of that. Um, so you move on to Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon has – he's got next year and he's got two more years on an escalating contract. He's making $18.2 million next season, $19.6 million the year after and then $20.9 million in 23-24. Does Eric Gordon want to be a part of a major rebuild here in Houston? Whether he wants to be or whether he doesn't want to be uh, is a huge question. Uh, But now we've got, I wish to say the Thunder from Down Under, but you're not in Australia, Jake. Uh, I need to come up with a nickname for you, sir. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I was. Yeah, I'm not from Australia, so that's out of the other question. You have one for the UK, maybe. But yeah, but I always could... want to introduce you as Thunder from Down Under. Like I feel like you're <laughs> the only podcast that has like a correspondent from overseas that is a frequent part of the show. So that could be. You're just our court. You're a foreign correspondent. I'm the UK correspondent for Houston Rockets. There you go. Uh, are you, <laughs> yeah, are you I'll depressed? Take I mean, are you depressed like I am? Like watching all these great playoff games. I'm like, yeah, congrats, like. You're in the playoffs. James Harden's killing it uh, because shocker, right? Yeah. Um, but like, what do you feel like watching these NBA playoff games? It's been, I, 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 it's a weird uh, how things have worked out because the last game that Houston had this uh, this season, the next day was my first day back at work, right? Yep. So I've had the normality of life come back all of a sudden, and knowing that Houston are not playing. Uh, but all the sports I watch at the moment are currently off season, and I'm just working. And there's no game to look forward to. And then I look, I look on my app, and I see, you know, all these playoff games. And when I'm playing, I'm just depressed to not see him play, especially around this time. And like you said, seeing James Harden uh, and PJ, you know, play the way they have always played for Houston, it's just it is a little depressing. I'm not gonna lie to you, but yeah, it's just weird how it all lined up. Like I was spending like, as you know. Like early hours in the morning, uh, watching all these crappy games uh, from this se- last season, and you, you know you just you just hope for better, and to not have, be in a situation where we were just sitting watching other teams put be in the playoffs. Oh, for sure. And and as we've got we've got some more people filing into the room now. If you guys would like to discuss the first ever Houston Rockets fan forum here at the Dream Take, hit the request to speak button. We'll bring you up. This is look. Jake, I, this offseason has the capability of being a home run for the Rockets, or it could flame out. I can mm-hmm. see it flaming out. I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, I feel like we, if we don't hit this right, this is going to be a, a five to seven year rebuild instead of a two to two to three year rebuild. Like, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of pressure, but I don't oh think God. that the. I think Raphael Stone's kind of like not helping that by promising a lot and saying a lot. Like if it does fall apart, like that's, you know, he talks, that's not going to help. He He does. does. And so does, and so does Fertitta. Like Fertitta doesn't help the situation at all because he can't keep his mouth shut. You know what? I Mm. don't care about. I don't care about you going on MSNBC and talking about, you know, the state of the restaurant business or the state of the casino business. I don't care. I just don't care. Because ever since you have taken over as owner, and I know we talk a lot about Fertitta on this show. I get it, but he's a major problem. He's a major part of this organization until he proves otherwise. Because you can talk about all the guys we want to get in free agency. You can talk about John Collins, all not you, 
But the fan base can talk about John Collins. They can talk about Lonzo Ball. They can talk about re-signing Kelly Olenek. But I ask you this. Since James Harden was traded, so it's been an entire season, right, basically since he's been traded, hmm. he has done nothing to show the fan base that he's willing to spend any money. He traded uh, James Harden. He acquired assets. And now all of those assets are either not on the team yet or they're gone in free agency. Yeah. And Taco J has a great point. It says traded James Harden for scraps. Taco J, if you would like to come on the show and, and give us that fan point of view, you come on right ahead. All right, there's a 12% chance I will mail you a fruit basket if you come on and destroy this trade as much as I have. <laughs> um, but do you believe, like, do you honestly believe that, like, we're talking to the fan base, right? I'm talking to you, Jake Malford. Do you believe that Tillman Fertitta will spend legitimate money on this roster this offseason to improve the roster and get us back to relevancy next season? I mean, I'm, I'm leaning towards no just because we know what he's like. And they always say, like, the Raffles Stones always said, oh, he doesn't like losing, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, like, but it's just this season has proved there's been so many times we've needed certain players. And, like, like you said, for most of the season, we've needed a big... A long time in that season. There's been so many situations, especially when we released Cousins, where Wood just can't can't guard centers. He just can't do it. When they just they just boss him around, and we we said we need a big, we need someone to guard that point, and it hasn't been. Nothing's happened the whole season, nope. and then we had the the forced trade of Oladipo, which we was no. forced into making. Why? Because Miami yeah. just kind of sat there and waited for us to the point where we had to make that move. And, you know, fair enough, Kelly and Nick has, you know, done pretty well for us. But there was no guarantee that was going to happen. It's all but who, just, like, but who there's can, no like, thinking. We're now outside of the, the season. And I've had some time to di- digest this. And it, it might be, it, this might not be a fair point, And it may be really critical to Kelly Olenek, which is whatever because he's not a member of the organization anymore. Like, who cares what he did? Mm. And I say this to bring up this point. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, congrats. He had a great year. He put up great statistics. Great. Awesome. What is it? What did it amount to? It didn't it's for a nothing to. season. Yeah, Correct. Exactly, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it, w- it was like the years that Kevin Martin was a rocket where we were average, but it never led to anything. Yeah. You know, do, I, do you honestly believe if they bring back Kelly Olynyk that he's going to be a vital part to the team when the team is good again? Maybe. I don't know. It's a, you know, it depends on how long you sign him for. Because I think yeah. he's going to get paid. People have come to me on Twitter at BSW Podcast underscore MB. Would I sign him to a two-year, $25 million contract? I would do that deal. Mm. I don't know if I would give him four years. $50 million? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think if you were, I don't even know if I would do that deal. Tillman Fertitta sure as hell is not doing that deal because there's no upside to him. No. If you sign James Harden to a massive contract because he's one of the best players in the league and he was taking you to Western Conference Finals and he was taking you to the playoffs every year, you can justify that contract. If you sign Kelly Olynyk to a four-year $50 million contract, I don't know if you can justify that deal, Jake. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. No, I think uh, if it depends, I, I, I know we say this a lot, but a lot of this draft depends on who we, if we re-sign him or not. And I think if the draft doesn't go our way in terms of lottery picks, he's a good person just to have around to keep us somewhat competitive in the, in the games because he is a good scorer and because he has, you know, a lot of aspects to his game that help the guys around him, like the young guys. Um, so if this year is not the year that Tillman decides that he wants to, you know, push salary towards and the, the picks are not as good as we hoped, you know, having someone like Kelly around is not the worst thing in the world. Um, and so that two-year deal, that, that probably works out pretty well, you know, if that if that's what happens. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that that's an interesting – and we're going – we're going just player for player here. Who's going to be on the team next year? We've covered John Wall. We've covered Eric Gordon. Christian Wood will be a part of the team next year. I feel like Christian Wood has a lot to prove to me next year. 
I feel like he has a lot to prove to the fan base because if you look at some of the comments that he made, he talks an awful lot for a guy who wants to be a franchise guy and his team just had the worst record in the league by three games. I mean, you're, you're running, you're running your mouth a little bit, you know, too much for me. I'm a big fan of shut your mouth and go do your job. When you're a, yeah. when you're a team like the Rockets, right? Like if you're a team like the Lakers, or if you're a team who's done it, right? Like if you're Kyrie Irving, you can talk the talk because you can walk the walk. You're an, you're an NBA champion. Christian Wood, what have you ever done in the league of significance? That's where it's I'm coming. Easy. Yeah, exactly. So no, I look just... at him and I'm like, you know what? Congrats. Like he's going to be on the team next year. And I'm I'm exci- I'm excited as hell for him, but he's got yeah. a lot to prove to me. I mean, what do you, you and I, I think are on the same page when it comes to the Rockets needing another big, which I think can come via one of the three first round picks that they have in the draft. However, if they come back next year with the same front court, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, if they didn't learn from. The, most, the previous season that that's what we need then I would seriously be worried about how they're going to rebuild this team because they clearly don't know what we actually need and just kind of you know it's just that's that's what worries me and that's what I mean with this like this past season is we've needed it all the whole season we've needed it and you know obviously we've had some G League players like you know uh, I can't remember that guy's name who got injured in the first game from the G League I can't remember his name but that was really unfortunate but it's kind of just that's why we've had so many players is because it's just not a lot of them just not worked out and it's we need a a set big that's going to do the role of defending the guys that Wood struggles against and that to me is something they haven't provided and they need to provide it. So Taco J says that Christian Wood got praised by Giannis. Again, who cares? Like who? Ca- like in all honesty, I mean, what has Giannis done? You know, you want to you want to talk about? I mean, what what has Giannis done? Congrats, mm. Giannis has done as much in the league, in my opinion, team uh, team performance wise as Christian or as Christian Wood. Now he's won more uh, individual awards. He's won an MVP. You know, congrats, he's won an MVP. Who cares? I mean, is that a fair is that a fair criticism, or am I wrong, Jake? Um, I mean. It- I mean, Harden should have won it the season. Giannis won it anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, but, I, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Um, no. We're now going live here on Facebook as well. So, if you guys have any questions on Facebook for the first ever fan forum, go ahead and throw them down. We will get them answered here, Jake and I. Anybody who else is listening to the show, if you'd like to come up and talk, you are more than welcome here at the Dream Takes the first ever fan forum. Um, looking at you know some other players on the roster. Uh, moving forward, uh, you look at a guy like, let me see here, Avery Bradley will not be on the team next year, thank God. Uh, <laughs> DJ Augustine, I think, is going to be on the team next year, and I think he's going to be I think he's going to be fantastic next year. I think he's the perfect, uh, what's it called? I think he's the perfect guy uh, to be the backup point guard on this team. Yeah, I... I... Especially during like the uh, the later part of the season, I really liked what he was offering the team. Um, he was like just kind of being with the, like the other players, and he was a really nice part of the team. And he looked we looked better when he was on, definitely. Yeah, you know. So we will we will see. Uh, it depends. Uh, Tobias White says I like the idea of bringing Kelly back as an offensive veteran center. Then you draft or sign a defensive stockier four or five that can guard bigger players and space the floor. Don't hate it. I don't hate that at all. The yeah. problem is Kelly Olynyk is not a five. Like Kelly Olynyk is not a center. And I don't agree with. I've never agreed with Jeremy, the very talented Jeremy Brenner, uh, who I do the the dream take with. That Kelly, he thinks that we live in this era of. You don't specify positions on the court I don't agree with that at all like I think you need to have a traditional center I think you need to have a traditional uh four I think you need to have your wings and I think the guard position I think you can be positionless but I think if you're going you need that's why small ball doesn't work like for as much as small ball gets the praise around the NBA 
when the hell has small ball ever worked? Seriously. It's a very serious question. Phoenix hmm. never went to a, an NBA Finals with it. The Rockets never went to an NBA Finals with it. I guess you could say that the Detroit Pistons won with small ball, but Ben Wallace was a legitimate center. Like uh, He wasn't a guy who was a power forward, right? We're on the same page there. Oh, yeah. So it's like I look at that and I say small ball has never worked. They need to get a traditional center. Like, you know who would have been a perfect guy for this team last year is Nerlens Noel. That's the type of guy the Rockets. Yeah, you yeah, know? he's been great for the Knicks, man. And like the, you know what the biggest, the biggest thing I look at across the league right now is the Rockets. All these things that we're talking about, the Rockets need in this offseason, they had less than two years ago. You know, like mm-hmm. they 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 had Clint Capella. Clint Capella is the perfect big. If I could pick the perfect big to put next to Christian Wood, it's Clint Capella. Correct. Yeah, I agree. And and Taco J comes in and says, I wouldn't necessarily rush Wood. Some seniors in college are just coming into the league at 24. He's 25, late bloomer, as is I'm sure he's keep grinding. He's only going to flourish in Houston. I mean, I guess you're right. That's, but that's it's like either, either you have it or you don't. With his, with his intangibles, it's not about flourishing. Or it's not about grinding and getting better. Like This is a guy who's a 20 and 10 guy. His biggest problem is staying on the court. And I'm just, I'm not sold on, number one, I'm not sold on him as the guy. Number two, I'm not sold on Kevin Porter Jr. as the guy. I know that may be hot take, oh my God. People comparing him to James Harden need to stop. Because he's not (laughs) James Harden. Just because he's left-handed. Except that he's left-handed. And, you know, they, they have the same skin color. Like, that's about it. Like, the pelts on the wall that James Harden had. And I'll, I'll, I'll take you back to uh, – I'll take you back to earlier this year when the entire sports media world lost their mind on Steph Curry and how many games in a row that he put up 30 points. I think it was like 15 games or something. You remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember when James Harden did it for – 30 plus games and people want to like just completely forget that remember that, that? Was one of the most that was that was what like i think was most frustrating about that is it was impressive by curry but like harden doubled that <laughs> and it was just like no one talks about that now but yeah because it's, it's, James it's completely forgotten about because, yeah, exactly. because the, yeah. the, the script flipped once he went to brooklyn like it's embarrassing how these national guys just don't listen. And Tobi- we're bringing up Tobias White, who would like to speak here with uh, our foreign correspondent, Jake Mountford, and myself. Tobias, welcome. Happy Wednesday night. What would you like to have discussed on the show tonight? Um, well, I just really had a point about the whole um, Christian Wood thing. I remember you guys talking about that. Uh, yes, sir. So, like, my idea, like, when I look at, like, the NBA, at least how it's presented today, I think the idea of a traditional center is kind of nicer than like what it really is. I think more importantly than just like having that is like rim protection. I feel like that's like the most important thing in yep. terms of like what we need from that position. And when healthy, I believe Christian Wood could like provide that. And then like when you look at like certain lineups around the NBA, like specifically like, like when I go and look at like the Lakers and stuff like that, you see, like, some of the best lineups in the NBA or, like, when you get, like, an athletic switchy five, like Anthony Davis at the five for the Lakers, those lineups tend to be the lineups that work the best in the NBA. And it's nice to have, like, that bigger that bigger center to guard post players, but I just don't believe that's, like, something you need, like, full time, per se. Yeah, and I'd like for you to stay on the show because, I mean, that's, that's a great point. And I, I love – here's the thing. The your example that you just brought up, you're also you also have to factor in the fact that they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis that can cover positions one through five. The Rockets don't have that. Like the Rockets on the Rockets are weak on the wing as a whole. Like you have Jay Sean Tate, who should have been in the the rookie of the year conversation, but he wasn't. Um, but what else do you have on the wing? You're weak there. You're weak at the guard position as a whole. I like Kevin Porter Jr. I love what a full season would look like with him. 
But we didn't even make it through a full season, and he can't stay out of trouble. That's worrisome. You know, the whole strip club incident in Miami. Mm. Um, he still has a lot to, to grow. You know, he's got to grow into his body. He has a lot of things to do there. That's why I'm so adamant they need to bring in a anchor in the middle because they're not there. They're not great as a team defensively yet. So you need somebody that's got some girth in the middle. That's why I'm so adamant about it. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, uh, it's it's so difficult, especially because like with Wood, we he was just like on and off the court so much. It's just it's just so it's so frustrating to to know that there was a lot of time he could have played where we could see more of him, and we wouldn't know more of this conversation. Like we wouldn't know more about Woods at this point, and we made a more informed decision about if this is a guy or not. But because we hardly saw him this season, it's like it's so difficult to make that that you know what he can be and what you know what we've currently seen him at is as someone who's just off the court a lot and you know says a lot it's it's tough to see like what he what could have happened this season in terms of his playtime and i agree and look tobias here's his stats from the year right he only played in 41 games he averaged 32.3 minutes per game that's worrisome as well if you're going to be a franchise guy you've got to play he's got to get that up i would say to 36 minutes next year he doesn't have far to go, but he still has to get his minutes per game up. His other problem is he only averaged 9.6 rebounds per game. He's got to get, if he's going to be an anchor in the middle, he's got to average at least 12 rebounds. I would say 10 and a half to 12 and a half rebounds, somewhere in that number, in order for him to be considered an anchor in the middle. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. That definitely, for sure, definitely. So you look at, and his, Christian Wood's the, his style of play, he prefers to not be a back-to-the-basket sort of player. Nothing wrong with that, but if he's going to play 25 feet away from the basket offensively, the Rockets this past year were missing that back-to-the-basket presence, right? They didn't run enough plays with Christian Wood having his back-to-the-basket, and what teams were doing were you can focus solely on the perimeter. That's why they didn't shoot great the entire year. Is because not enough did you have a guy. Jay Sean Tate, if you watch every single game like, like I do, you notice Jay Sean Tate going to the basket was deadly, correct? Right. Like you he didn't post up enough because they didn't have a post up presence. That's why they need to get a threat near the basket. A Javel McGee is what I'm looking for. A Nerlens Noel, uh, cheap, effective near the basket to open up the perimeter for Kevin Porter Jr. and hopefully Kate Cunningham. Yeah, I mean, like you see a lot of it, like this the past season is the amount of zone defenses was thrown at us because we just did not make our shots on the perimeter. Great and point. Just being able to throw it to someone. To uh, back to the basketball, and be able to just you know get that, uh, just get some points to get a zone buster, is something we really lack this se- like this season. And as I, as I said earlier, like the fact the amount of teams that are throwing zones at us and we couldn't do nothing about it, and we go on that cold stretch, you know, in the third quarter where we usually do, and it just that's killed most of the games because we couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, I mean, let me ask you, let me ask you this, Tobias. What do you feel like is the number one need this offseason for the Rockets outside of the draft? Because the draft, it's pretty clear. Get the number one pick, draft Cade Cunningham. Um, so this is a two part question for you. Number one, if they get the second overall pick in the draft, who are you taking? And the other part is, what do you feel like is the number one need for this roster going into the next season? All right. So honestly, when you look at the roster as a whole. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of, like, talented pieces, but just, like, as a team, we just let go of, like, our main superstar, you know what I'm saying? We traded away a lot of our veterans. We just, we're in a need, we need a lot of talent. Like, we're in talent accumulation mode. So, for me, it's more so just going to the draft with, like, the mindset that you want to try to take the best player available with, like, every selection that you have. Um, You could say, I mean, like, and, like, the good thing about it is that, like, our team, we have a lot of flexibility in terms of, like, the moves that we're able to make. So, like, we really need everything. Like, we're a team. We were the worst team in the league. So, we need rim protection. We need defense. We need shot creation. We, we, need, we, need, we, have a, we need help in a lot of areas. So, like, personally, when I look at, like, the number two pick, um, I see, like, 
personally, like at least on my board, I have Jalen Green number two over Ooh. a guy like Evan Mobley and a guy like Jalen Suggs. And and honestly, I know that like might be a little bit of a hot take, but like what I what I, why I choose that when I look at that is is because like the most valuable skills in the NBA is shot creation and then shot creation for others. So firstly, it's shot creation for yourself and shot creation for others. And when you look at our team this past year, we didn't have much shot creation at all. Now, when you look and like, because my th- my thing is a lot of people, they value Evan Mobley. They value Jalen Suggs. And honestly, if we got the top four, if we got a top four pick, I would be happy just with having the pick in general, like as a Rockets fan. And all four of the prospects are very are great to me personally. It's just that, I look more so at like fit and in terms of long-term impact and what I feel like they would bring to the team. And when I look at that, I see Evan Mobley. I see a lot of his characteristics match, or at least his strengths and weaknesses. A lot of those match Christian Woods. Now his defensive impact is a lot higher. His ceiling is a lot higher, but offensively, he's not really a great shooter. He's not a great spacer. He's decent in the post, but if you look at his percentages and stats, it wasn't like he was an overly efficient post player. So it doesn't, it isn't like he's adding like another dimension that we would wish to use. He's just another longer body that this great defensively. And I don't I just I honestly don't see the long term upside that a lot of people see with him. And then with Jalen Suggs, I see a playmaking guard, somebody who can run an offense, somebody that can score, they can heat up in bunches and stuff like that. And I, I like the idea of him, but like it's kind of the same thing with me, like his skills. When I look at our team, I feel like the Jalen Suggs pick is more like so like how do you feel about Kevin Porter Jr. Because me personally, I see Kevin Porter as somebody who can be a primary playmaker in the future. And then if you pair that with somebody like Jalen Green, who's a pure bucket, who can create his own shot, who can explode, I see a duo that in the future could average 50 points per game. And then you add that with Christian Wood, you add that with KJ Martin and Jay Sean Tate and defensive three and D players and with certain pieces and we have an identity, an extremely fast super athletic team that can score in bunches, bunches, get out in transition, and really pressure players on the ball. Woo. Okay. A lot to unpack there. First of all, did you say that we have a talented roster? Did I, I say we that? have talented pieces. We are very, like, talented. Okay. Efficient. Okay. I want to make sure, Jake, I don't know about you. I thought I heard, uh, you know, Tobias, I feel like we're quickly becoming family <laughs> here, and I feel like you said talented roster. I was going to it's gonna have to call you out on that, but okay. I just want to make sure I didn't hear that wrong. Um, here's the thing: like Mobley, Mobley is Clint Capella with more offensive game. He's exactly what this team needs. You don't feel like drafting Jalen Green would mess up the the. Cade Cunningham is going to mess with the ceiling of Kevin Porter Jr. I feel like already, but he's so talented. You have to take him. Mobley is the one guy that gives you something that you simply don't have right now, which is a rim protector. Would it be a sexy pick? No, but it fills a pretty damn big need, and the guy is a stud. That's why I want Evan Mobley. I like Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green, what did you call him? A walking bucket? Is that what you call them? 100%. Okay, walking bucket. That might be the greatest nickname I've ever heard not used for a guy in the NBA's walking <laughs> bucket. Um, so I'm here for all of that. Um, let me ask you, let me ask you, Jake, and then I, and then Tobias. I want you to answer this question: Is Stephen Silas the right guy for this job? Uh, yeah, I think so. I I I think a good um, like a, a good way to back up that point is just how the team rallied with him near the end of the season when it was looking pretty bleak in terms of the players we play in um, and every game pretty much like you know give or take one was pretty close with a lot of contending teams and a lot of the players on there were G League players and they were fighting for Silas to you know have a you know they're playing for playing time next year they're playing for contracts next year there's a lot of players that played for Silas and I, I, I think he's the right guy because I do think that he can you know, get the morale for a team high and rally them and, you know, get them in the right direction. Okay. Uh, Tobias, what about you? 100%. I feel like for, like, the second half of the season, dude was playing with, like, the Houston Vipers. And then, like, you've seen how, like, in certain points throughout the season, like, during a six-game winning streak, how, like, 
because the two things you really need to see from a coach is firstly like how did like the players respond to him and you could tell that they were motivated throughout the season and then also a very good like indicator of whether or not a coach is a good coach is defense and you could see at certain points throughout the season whenever he could get like them locked in and they would buy in and stuff like that and he had the pieces he needed that we were very very locked in and decent defense and I mean, he, any, winning any games with the Houston Vipers is is a feat by itself. <laughs> I, look, I forgot how much I miss playoff basketball. It's depressing, Tobias. Right? I don't want to tune into TNT and see James Harden smiling and dapping up his teammates because that should be us. Okay, that should be us. It's just depressing. It's just sad. Um, but look, this is the fan forum. This is the land of opportunity, if you would like to talk anything about Rockets basketball. Look, this team can be good next year, right? This team, if they have the the offseason done correctly, they can be a winner next year. But let me ask you both this. Do you believe that – let me see how I want to phrase this. This season sucked. Can y'all make it through another season? Like, if this team is as bad next year, are you still going to be fans? Or do they? are you just going to turn it off and you're like, look, this isn't worth it? Um, because I feel like if they get the number one pick and they, they get some talent, like, this team could be a playoff team next year. Like, am I crazy? I guess that's the better question. If they get the number one pick and they draft Cade Cunningham, let's say they re-sign Kelly Olynyk. Make a couple other nice signings. Like, do you believe in this team to be a playoff team next year with the pieces that they have in place? Being Jay Sean Tate, KJ Martin, Christian Wood, DJ Augustine, if they bring back Armani Brooks. Like, do you guys believe this is a playoff team as early as next year? We'll start with you, Tobias, and then to you, Jake. I mean, personally, yeah. I mean, like, I'm biased, but like, I feel well, like be a lot biased. Of people... this is the land to be biased. Okay. <laughs> be biased, but also, you know, relatively honest well personally i just feel like a lot of people outside of like the rocket circles and stuff really didn't pay too much attention to like what was happening with the rockets because we really didn't have much if any continuity this season and as you've seen we broke the record for like most players played this season like we didn't have any help at all and it was pretty terrible i feel like minus the number one pick with a little bit of like progress minus like a top four pick with a little bit of progression and help I believe we could be in that playing scenario. So with the number one pick or top four pick, I most definitely believe we could be back in the playoffs. Jake? Yeah, I feel the same way. I, you know, I feel like if any fan got through this season, watched, you know, 95% of the games, I think you, I think any improvement is going to help you watch them. And I do believe that, you know, top top if you get the top pick, playoffs definitely. And, you know, like, like um, I do think playing is probably our target next year. And I don't think that's a bad thing as long as we're in the playoffs or, you know, in the play. And any improvement from last year, I think is a good thing. Yeah. I think and we're going to get into, you know, Mike Brown's 10 step off season plan in the next couple of shows. This is more of just, I wanted to get a feel for where the fan base is as a whole, right? Like, it's so easy to look at this season and say, oh, we're the worst team in the league. People forget about how much talent this team was not playing on a nightly basis, right? John Wall wasn't playing most nights. Eric Gordon was not playing. Sterling Brown was not playing. People forget that David Nawaba was on this team, right? Christian Wood was absent most nights. If those players played this year, this is a this was a six through eight seed. And it sucks because that it happened this year because there's not one team in the West that scares me. Like, there's no team in the playoffs this year that I look at and I'm like, Utah? Like, you think Utah lost their first game? Like, who has been – Dallas has been the most impressive team. Luka's great. Yes. Porzingis is great. Like, the other players on that team are great, but the Clippers are down. Denver was without Jamal Murray. Uh, Memphis is eh. Like, if the Rockets were healthy, they were just as good as any team outside of the Lakers, Phoenix, or the Utah Jazz. Am I crazy? Or do y'all think the same way? Do you know what's, do you know what's most frustrating about the playoffs this year? Is, it, is If there's any year that Reggie Miller. You know, a team 
<laughs> well, yeah, and that. Um, the, the any year that Houston would have had Harden and like Chris Paul or something like that this year, there's this they totally could have won it all this year because there's so many, there's so many like teams that are struggling for injuries this season or. Like you look at the Lakers at the moment, um, like before the playoffs, they you know they were really struggling, and you look at all most of the teams that are favourites. Like Clippers are down two zero. Like I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought it'd be a good series between them and the you know the Mavs, but I definitely wouldn't see them being two 0 down. And you know teams get desperate, and Houston they could have done something this year if the players stayed, but they're not, and that's the situation. <laughs> I mean, I would love to add a guy, Tobias, like. Who am I thinking of? I mean, that, like Dallas, here's a guy I want both of your opinions on. is Tim Hardaway Jr. Tim Hardaway Jr. would be the perfect guy to add to this roster. Like, Tobias, yeah. do you agree with that? I mean, I feel like he's a stud. His skill set fits for sure. It fits everywhere. Like, the, but you know what I'm talking Like, the, those are the type of guys that the Rockets, like Armani Brooks is like the Diet Coke version of Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, like, not it's not the Coca-Cola that you know the McDonald's Coca-Cola that we all love that we all know that they do something extra to that Coke at Coke at McDonald's like he's the watered down version of that like he's a good player I think Armani Brooks is only going to get better but his problem is he's just not he's not a top flight type of guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. is but Tim Hardaway Jr. you add him to this team you've got something I think. And you reunite him with Steven Silas. There's a fit there. Like, think about this, Tobias and Jake. Let me paint you a picture, right? Let's say the Rockets end up with the second overall pick, right? Let's just use that as an example. Let's say they draft Evan Mobley, center out of uh, USC. You're starting five next year. Let's say you find a way to offload John Wall's contract. Your starting five could be, and let's say you sign Tim Hardaway Jr. Your starting five could be Kevin Porter Jr., Tim Hardaway Jr., a lot of juniors. Uh, Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood, and Evan Mobley. That's incredibly that, obtainable. If you think about that it. That is. Like, Tobias, would that, you be excited about that team? And do you think that would be a playoff team? Yeah, that's a playoff team. I mean, I feel like – I mean, if Kevin Porter Jr. improves defensively, that'd be like a, a pretty great two-way lineup, honestly. And you're building depth. Right, you're putting in a guy like you have a guy in KJ Martin Jr. who could come off of your bench. You'd have for the time being a guy like Eric Gordon who thrives in that sixth man role. Um, you let's say you keep DJ Wilson. I think DJ Wilson showed enough to to be a, uh, retained next year. A six nine guy who can shoot from the outside, shuts his mouth and does whatever his coaching staff asks him to do. I'm in for that. You know, so there's eight guys right there. You add in DJ Augustine, like that's a nice team. The thing that I think fans need to get over is if you bring in Cade Cunningham, you're bringing in a huge talent. I agree. But the capability of the question is, does he mesh with a guy like KPJ? I don't know how to answer that question. I think he'll fit because they're both young enough that they can adapt. But KPJ is a guy who needs the ball in his hands to be successful right now. Cade Cunningham, not so much. You really think Cade Cunningham is going to come to this team and agree to be the second option? And then you talk about a guy like Christian Wood who needs his touches as well. There's only one basketball. Kate Cunningham going to the Rockets brings up a lot of questions that I don't know how quickly they're going to be answered. Mm, I, you know, like, you know, to quote Ray Raymond, who, you know, obviously is a big part of this show. Um, he said he almost doesn't want to land on the, on the first pick because he doesn't want to take away from Porter Jr. because he will. Like you said, that's just going to happen. It's something they're going to have to get, you know, they have to deal with. And so almost get, like, even though obviously we take Cade first pick, you almost like feel like Houston would be in a better situation to have more choice in Probably. the second or the third or the fourth. And it's, you know, it's, that's why any top four pick, I think for Houston is a, is going to, is, is a great thing because that's just talent that we need. And, yeah, as a pick between second and, and fourth, I think would benefit Kevin Porter Jr., even though I still would take Cade at first, obviously. 
Yeah, honestly, I think this conversation terrifies me a lot, like whenever it gets brought up, because whenever people bring this up, all I think back to is like the past few drafts and like just the history of drafting a center over like the guy that we all know, like the six, seven wing or the or the guard that we all know is going to be amazing. You know, like when we did like when DeAndre Aiden or with Marvin Bagley, like we should Kate Kate has to go number one. I feel like I, I honestly fear the fit questions, too, when it comes to KPJ at least in the short term. But, like, we're a young team. You got these guys for, like, the next few years. I feel like if you find a way to move John Wall at some point in the next few years and you get rid of Eric Gordon, that open up space in the guard rotation, and then you just put them two guys on the floor. And just like with James Harden or Chris Paul, with two guys who are ball-dominant playmakers, and just like, you know what I'm saying, with those type of players, you just put them on the floor and let them work it out, and they'll figure it out. It's a great point. The One, one of the final points that I have and I want to bring up is, the Rockets have to – how many times this year do we watch games and they just get destroyed on the interior? You know, you look at the Western Conference and you're going to have to deal with Jokic and you got to deal with Towns and you've got to deal with um, Rudy Gobert. and you gotta, Now you're going to have to deal with James Weissman. you got to deal with Anthony Davis and, and Drummond now with, with the Lakers. You're going to have to deal with DeAndre Ayton. You've got Kristaps Porzingis. You've got Jonas Valanciunas uh, with the, the Grizzlies. Like, there's too many big guys in the West. You have to get a center, like a, a legitimate big man. You can't go into next season with Christian Wood as your sole big man. You just can't do it. It's it's not possible. So that's why I'm adamant on adding some sort of big. I guess the last big question that I have, you know, for you guys is, I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, I mean – how confident are you in the front office's ability to rebuild this roster? I will give it a a two-year window. So two years from today, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you in Rafael Stone, Tillman Fertitta, in the front office to build this team into a contender again? Now again we'll, we'll start with you, Jake, and we'll go to, then to you, Tobias. Uh, um, I mean, it's I mean it's it's there in front of them what you know they can do with it, and we you know the fact that we're talking about what we think we you know what we think this team needs and what they do need, surely they know that. Surely that's what they're thinking. Surely there's a plan ahead, and Tillman has said he will back this team, which is what we all hope. Um. I'd say like I'm in the middle. I'd say a five. Uh, I think you know it could it could go either way. Um, I think it is the hope that cures you. So my my like excitement. I think I've like lowered it a bit just to like you know in case it doesn't work out and I'm just gonna not you know be overly disappointed. But yeah, I give it a five. I say I'm in the middle. Tobias, um, contender is tough. Like a true like a true and blue contender. I'm not really sure on that. I know in terms of like being a good team in the next two years, I, I'm honestly more optimistic on the team because I honestly see a lot of development incoming, at least in like the next year. I, I can see like, because if you look at this past year, Kevin Porter Jr., this was literally like his first time in his entire life playing point guard. And it was at the NBA level, you know what I'm saying? And he averaged like, I think over like the last few months of the season, he was top 15, top 20 in assists. And that's tough. That's that's a lot of talent right there. You got Christian Wood, you got KJ, you got Jay Sean. So I see I, I see those guys developing and then we have a lot of draft picks. They they're gonna have some cap room because of the James Harden trade. It's honest they honestly have a lot of ways to improve the roster. So I'll give it more of like a like a six or a seven. Like I think it it'd be pretty hard for them. Unless unless they just didn't do anything, it'd be pretty hard for them not to make some improvements. I'm going to be honest, all right? I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, and I'm not going to – there are people out there that will say, Mike, you're so damn negative when it comes to the Rockets sometimes, because I should be. Like, I, my confidence level is a two in this front office. I, 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 have zero, I have zero confidence in this front office because I just don't. Like, there, there's – it's been – I go off of what is in front of me with what they've done, right? I don't look at what Jay Sean Tate could be. Is Jay Sean Tate a great find? Absolutely. Will he turn into a player? 
you know, a stud all-star level player? No. I think he's going to get better, though. I think Kevin Porter Jr. is a great find. I think K.J. Martin is a great find. But this team just won 16 games in a regular season. And we're not throwing any parades for this team. You know what I mean? Like, show me that you're willing to spend money. Show me that you're willing to make those moves to make your team a contender. And I'll change it. But my, my, confidence, my confidence level is a two. You know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fair point because, like, like I said, like if you if you hope too much, and then we just because like we we all know what this team needs, and we all know like whatever pick we get, if we get a, you know a decent pick, who to take? It's just if they know, well, not if they know, but if they're going to get supported by Tillman in doing that, because no matter who they get in the draft, we'll change. And you know whatever they get in the in the um, in the off season because every player is different in that draft, and Houston needs you know certain uh, parts in the team. And if if we know how to do that, they know how to do that. You hope, and I don't have the utmost confidence that Tillman is going to help that, and that's why I was in the middle because it's just it's just it's worrying. But there's a team there that can be really successful. And I don't think they. I don't want them to waste it. I hope, and and we're gonna finish up the fan forum here. Tobias, Jake, thank y'all so much. Tobias, it was a pleasure having you on, my man. You come on anytime we do a show. Yeah, nice to meet you guys for sure. Absolutely, Jake. You too, Tobias. The thunder from down under, over yonder, across <laughs> the pond. Enjoy the rest of your day. I have no idea what time of the day it is there. Uh, But thank you, as always, for joining the Dream Take. You are the GOAT. Thank you, Michael. It's always good to be here. Absolutely. Everybody, this has been another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take podcast. Make sure to check out The Dream Shake on Facebook for all things Houston Rockets all of the time. Uh, Make sure to check out The Dream Shake on Twitter at DreamShake.com. SBN. Make sure to check out the Dream Take on Twitter as well for all things Houston Rockets at the Dream Take. You can follow me personally on Twitter at BSW Podcast underscore MB. Thank you so much to all of our listeners here on Locker Room. Jake, Tobias, Devin, Mary Elizabeth, you guys are the greatest. We will be back with you sometime very soon so make sure to check out our twitter for all of our latest updates and on facebook until next time you crazy rockets fans go rock